Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? You realize what episode this is? Um, it is episode 314. It's the pie episode, Amy. I knew you were about to say that. And you know I how knew I it. Pie. As soon as as soon as I looked, because on this script we use Evernote, we have a synced up Evernote uh, notebook that these drop in and and they're all numbered. And I went to look and I said three fourteen, and I thought, I know what he's about to do. That's right. Yeah, you it's know the how pie, I love pie episode. And I, I love. Pie. I am aware. I am aware. And actually, I do too. I love pie yes. even more than I love cake. All right. So, so. what is your favorite pie? Because you know Butter my favorite pie. pie. Oh, but, okay. Buttermilk pie. So we have the same favorite pie. Yes. So I was around, I don't know, 12 or 13 when it occurred to me that when it's your birthday, you don't have to have cake if you would rather have pie. Like, you get to have whatever dessert you want. And so I told my mom, because my mom has this incredible buttermilk pie recipe. This actually makes me think I should make some this weekend. And it makes two. Her recipe makes two. And so that's what she would do every year for my birthday is make buttermilk pie. Man, that's good stuff right there. Yeah, and but and- it's pie day. I don't have any pie here. Maybe I'll make some this weekend. There you go. Thanks for pointing that out. Yes, I'd be glad to point that out anytime. And here, come June 21st, Amy, you can have buttermilk pie for your birthday this year, too. That's right. So, all right. Well, now you got me wanting buttermilk pie. So, I guess we'll have to finish this episode quickly, and I'll I'll go make a pie or something there like that. There you go. So, I may make one this weekend, too. All right. Uh, so, hey, before we jump into this week's episode, we do want to thank our sponsor here each and every week on the podcast. SBC This Week is sponsored by Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you're pursuing a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. Learn more at swbts.edu. That's swbts.edu. Our good friends over at Southwestern. Amy, we start this week with a follow-up kind of a story that we've been following since, uh, I'd say, November. I think November 30th, the Council on Seminary Presidents offered a statement on critical race theory intersectionality. There was a response from the National African American Fellowship on December 9th, and then there was a meeting on January the 6th. Uh, between the two groups. And there's been another statement issued by NAF this week calling for unity around essentials of our faith and asking the seminary presidents to help diffuse the racial tensions in the convention. Yeah, so this statement, it was released by Marshall Osbury this week on behalf of the National African American Fellowship. And there's a Baptist Press story. It kind of pulls some quotes, gives a, a, a little bit of information, has has some response from Danny Aiken, who is president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And then the full statement is at the bottom. Uh, it gives a few things that the NAF leaders are asking from the seminaries, uh, and then just expresses some disappointment about some things, but also some commitments, some encouragement. At the end, they say, we remain committed to our purpose to work in harmony with the Southern Baptist Convention and our entities to address the concerns of the African-American community 
We encourage all Great Commission-minded believers to unite around the essentials of our faith and in the non-essentials maintain a spirit of charity as together we live out the Great Commandment and pursue the Great Commission. So you can see the entire statement at the uh, at the link in the show notes and uh, a little bit of the interaction about it. Yeah. So just a quick update on that for you. I know that's something that's kind of been playing out in the public arena in the SBC. That's the latest over with the NAF uh, leadership and the Council on Seminary Presidents. Amy, some good news, especially for good friend of the pod, Kelly King. 2021, Lifeway Women, they're bringing back live events in person. Yes, I was very excited when I heard this. So uh, they're going to come together on uh, April 17th will be the first Lifeway Women Live event of the year. Uh, There are going to be three. It it will be at Long Hollow Baptist Church in Hendersonville, and it's going to have a great lineup. Jackie Hill Perry, Christy McClellan, just several, Jamie Ivey, lots of folks, and then a special guest, Point of Grace and Worship with Austin Stone. So that's a a big one that will also be simulcast all over the country. Uh, Then there will be some events, Lifeway Women Live events in August and September. Big lineups there. Jen Wilkins going to be part of, of uh, those. Lauren Chandler as worship leader. Jennifer Rothschild. Lots of great, great uh You think they'd let me into these? Speakers. This sounds good. I have been before to some of these events. And, uh, you know, you'll see uh, some men that are around for, for various reasons. But they're really, it's 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 for it's women. It's geared toward so. women, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But those um, are great women to hear. They really, really are, yes. So it's pretty exciting that that they're going to kick this up again. What they did is they they held, had a survey that was among a number of women just to kind of figure out how they were feeling about in-person events under various conditions um, with COVID safe restrictions. Now that the vaccine is, is uh, prevalent, you know, that it's getting out everywhere. And so what they saw in the survey is that I think people are, are kind of ready to get back together, and so they're figuring out the way to do it. Yeah, you could do it virtually or in person, so they do have a virtual option, and there are simulcasts around the country at different churches. Uh, I'm looking at a map right now on the LifeWay website that has, looks like about two dozen sites around the country right now, and other churches can sign up for that. Your church can sign up to be a church host in person or digitally, so you can do it in person and watch it at your church or digitally and give the information to the people in your church and they can watch it at their homes. Right. So a lot of different options. That's right. And then, like you said, you can actually be an individual attendee. So if you are still, because of some health restrictions or things, still not really able to get out and be in a lot of crowds, you can just watch it at home. So there are options at every level for this. And, And like you said, right now there are three that are scheduled. The first one is April 17th. So that's about three weeks away. Uh, that's a Saturday. Uh, all of the events are Friday, Saturdays, or Saturdays. So uh, April 17th is the first one. There's one in August in Cincinnati at the BB&T Arena, and then one in September in Austin, Texas at the HEB Center at Cedar Park. So three major events for you to check out for Lifeway Women Live this year. All right. All right, some uh, kind of sad news, I guess, Amy, here on the podcast. Uh, we've talked about this. It's kind of an ongoing trend. Not a surprise, but sad nonetheless. The Western Recorder, a Kentucky Baptist news publication, has ceased publication. Uh, This March issue will be its last issue. 
this is one of the oldest Baptist publications in America. So one thing we have to to remember is, you know, before the SBC started in 1845, there were a number of state conventions, you know, already. They, and, and these were people that participated with the Triennial Baptist Convention. And then they had state papers. That's how they, you know, that they, they, you didn't have us, like, you know, sending podcasts out. No podcasts out. There, in there was no, 1805. No. That's right. No websites, you know, things like that. So these state papers, that was the way that churches would get their news about the things that were happening um, in some of these broader cooperative settings. So the Western Recorder is 195 years old. It is. Yeah, just crazy. So uh, it it had already transitioned to sort of a magazine style, and uh, it would focus on Kentucky Baptist News and Southern Baptist News, but it is now going to cease. I hate that, that just short of 200 years. So uh, that's, uh, wish wish they could have made it across that finish line. But what will happen is several features will move to Kentucky Today, which is a, a, a website that we know about. It's affiliated with the Kentucky Baptist Convention. So it will just stop being kind of any print resource and then those types of Feature stories will just be part of Kentucky Today. Yes. Our friends up at Kentucky Today, Brandon Porter, Mark Maynard, uh, they they run a great website up there and do a good job for informing Kentuckians and, and those you know across the SBC. But uh, they are going to pick up some of the things that are left with the Western Recorder going away. So sad to see that, but it's just kind of the pattern that we're seeing in the SBC, Amy. And, the, and not just the SBC, in news in general. Yes, you absolutely. So we're seeing yeah. that across the board uh, in journalism. It just things are changing. So uh, right. something else that's changing, Sammy Simmons' role as pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Benton, Illinois. He is moving on from Illinois, headed to Alpharetta, where he will go to send relief to serve as the national project director for the North American Mission Board. Okay. And Sammy Simmons is currently the president of the yeah. Illinois Baptist State Association. We have a succession plan, Amy. And yes. we're putting it in place. That's right. The vice Move president. Up. Move That's right. So when we do these state annual meeting roundups and we talk about all the officers, Sammy Simmons is the president, but Heath Tibbetts is the vice president. He's Not anymore. Of, that's right. He's pastor of First Baptist Church in McChesney Park. He will complete that term as president. So congratulations to Sammy Simmons and to Heath Tibbetts. Yes. So, yeah, congratulations to them. And, yeah, looking forward to having Sammy down at NAM. In that role, he will plan and lead mission trips in coordination with churches, local associations, and state conventions. And uh, that's going to start sometime in April, probably 1st of May for him. He is last His last Sunday at Emmanuel is going to be April the 11th. So he'll uh, stay through Easter and the week after and then head down and get started at Send Relief. So congratulations to him and the folks down at Send Relief. All right, Amy, that that's really does it for our news this week. Kind of a light news week yes. this week. But before we get to the next segment, I did want us to just reflect one moment on an anniversary, kind of an unfortunate anniversary that occurred this week. March the 24th, 2020, a year ago this past week, was the cancellation of the annual meeting. The podcast episode a year ago was a, a pretty... The, a this is a light one. news week. That was a big news week. Yes. Kind of crazy to sit here a year later. I remember I remember how much tension 
was sort of in the air building up to that. Not not like negative tension, but in terms of how do we yeah, figure all of this out? How does this all work? You know, that that type of thing. And uh and it was it was a really, really crazy time. And of course a lot of folks had questions back then. And here we sit, the lights stayed on. We uh the the convention ministries have kept on going all this time, but I think everyone is ready to get back together this yes, year. They are. And Nashville is gonna be a great, great time this June. And uh, again, if you haven't registered yet, sbcannualmeeting.net. This year's annual meeting is happening, and we are excited about that, getting ready for that. I'm actually headed out to Opryland after we get done recording. Uh, got some meetings out there today. Some of the NAM folks are in. Some of our team's going to be out there. So uh, just getting ready. Been out to Opryland way too much. I, I, I used to enjoy going out to Opryland. Now it's like I still enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. It's like it's different when you're going over there for pleasure versus work, you know? So, right, but right. it's still fun. It's still awesome. It's a great place. It's going to be a great event this year. I cannot wait for June. Again, register, get all your stuff squared away. Sinconference.com, sbcannualmeeting.net. Be sure to register for both because you need to register for the Sin Conference as well on Sunday and Monday. And if you want to get involved in Crossover, we mentioned it last week on the podcast, Crossover. Uh, this past week, we had it on the Road to Nashville. You can find that at theroadtonashville.net over at the, uh, the annual meeting site. And watch this week's episode where we talk about crossover and how you can be involved in that. So a lot going on, sbcannualmeeting.net. And uh, yeah, kind of a dubious anniversary this past week. Uh, a very unfortunate day. That's something we'll remember for a long time, uh, being on those calls. And uh, just, wow. Definitely. Uh, man. So, But the good news is we're getting back together. We are. So that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. We're going to go to 1950 to a bit of interesting data about the SBC. There was a report that had come out. Uh, Porter Routh, this is actually before he was leading the executive committee. Duke McCall at the time was, uh, was still the executive committee secretary. But Porter Routh was the secretary of survey and statistics at the time. So he released some info that said, that Southern Baptist churches who had preaching every Sunday had passed the 50% mark of SBC churches. It was the first time that more than half of SBC churches had full-time preaching. Was that not a normal thing? No, it wasn't because they had, you had these churches in rural areas that had circuit preachers. Oh, so you had so it said that at that point, those with every Sunday preaching stood. It says it stands now at thirteen thousand seven hundred and sixty-one. That's more than fifty percent. It had increased by uh, just under twelve hundred in nineteen forty-nine. Quarter-time churches declined from five thousand sixty-two to four thousand one hundred and seven. So they would only meet uh, once a month? Is that what it is? Right. Or, I mean, maybe they met, but they only had a preacher. You know, I don't really know. They Maybe they only met once a month. Maybe they only had maybe a preacher once a month. they met for Sunday school every week came, but, and had maybe yeah. worship, but didn't really yeah. have preaching. Here's what this makes me think of. There's a great Andy Griffith episode where they go up into the mountains because Ernest T. Bass is causing problems for the darlings. And there's a, a part in there 
where they they talk about it. It's it has to do with Charlene and Dub needing to get married by a preacher because Ernest didn't think the justice of the peace was sufficient enough. So in the episode, the circuit preacher is coming by and they all like stand outside and everything. So that's what this makes me think of. But I would I think it may be something like you know, maybe a pastor has two or three different congregations. I mean, even my grandfather, uh, when he was uh, at the end of his ministry before he died, he had two churches that he was the, yeah. the pastor for. I don't know that still happens, but right. it's just, it's just kind of so foreign to right. our current concept. But in his situation, he he did a service like every Sunday. He did one and then drove to the other. But in this case, I think it was these churches that were maybe far apart, things like that. So so this is where they still had just over 4,000 quarter-time churches. And then they had, I guess, you know, what, breaking 13,000 made it more than 50% of full-time. So probably around 12,000 or so half-time churches. Um, it said that they also had a gain of 463 churches that year to bring the total SBC churches to 27,285. Included in the gain are 40 open country churches, 98 village churches, not the same village church that we have today, no. <laughs> and 326 city churches. So, I think we have that many city churches now. <laughs> yes, I think we do. So very interesting. It said complete tabulation on state basis would be published in the new 1951 Southern Baptist Convention handbook, which would get released through Baptist bookstores. And I think we have, you know, old Southern Baptist Convention handbooks that can be looked at. Actually, you can even access those digitally on uh, the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives website. You can even look at the 1951 handbook. You can so, also access it in my office, which I'm doing right now. You because you have it right I now. I have a copy, a hard copy in my hands right now. There you go. Well, I'm looking at a digital copy right now. So uh, very interesting thing. So I just kind of wanted to say we, we talk a lot about... Uh, stats and and breaking down the different types of churches that we have, church plants, you know, uh, where where they're located, types of things, churches meeting in schools. Uh, well, they were doing the same this week in SBC history, but with some really really different ways of doing things. Very cool, Amy. And yes, I, I do have. I, I always wondered if we'd reference these handbooks. I've got a whole set from back in the. This is kind of the Booker reports, but stats. If you want right. to think of it like that, if you're wondering well, what the handbook drop, was. Yeah, well, let's drop a link in the show notes uh, to where you can see all the handbooks. You can see them from 1921 to 1993. And I mean, it's got Pretty all cool. kind of stuff in the U.S. as well. It's got crime data, number of persons arrested. It's got um, marriage and divorce data. It's got consumption expenditures by type of product, so how much people spent in millions of dollars for food, alcohol, tobacco, clothing, personal care, housing, household operations. Um, all kind of stuff, man. There's there's all kind of data in these old things. Porter Routh, man, he he was cranking some stuff out. Oh man. He he uh he he is really underestimated in uh SBC history, not the contribution that he made over Has anybody decades. I wonder if somebody's somebody's bound to have done a dissertation on Porter Routh. 
Um, I asked Taffy Hall, and no one has. Come on, seriously? She's she didn't think so. Wow. All right. So if anybody knows of a book or dissertation on Porter Routh, or if you want to do one, it sounds like there's an opportunity there. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's kind of a undersold lion in the history of the SBC. I, after Taffy said that, I thought, if I ever go back to school, maybe that is what I will do. Amazing. Because he needs he, he needs to be. Well, he's getting um, the credit right here, baby. That's right. On the that's podcast. Right. That's right. Yes. Right here. Okay. All right. Well, hey, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? My resource of the week is a new... Um, is a new curriculum from WMU for children's missions engagement. They're calling it a one-stop shop. It is Missions Journey Kids. And so this is a curriculum designed for grades one through six. And so that includes Girls in Action, Royal Ambassadors, Children in Action Mission Discipleship Groups. It's got a blend of missions, discipleship, and Bible study. And it really can be used in a lot of ways. Discipleship classes, children's church, Christian schools, uh, all kinds of ways that this can be done. It's got three quarterly pieces, um, and that's the the kids leader that has all the lesson plans, things like that, uh, a kids leader kit that has posters, games, activities, and then kids adventure, which is a magazine uh, that is designed to bring missions learning to life for children. So this will replace the current curriculum for GAs, RAs, and CAs, but there will be resources that will continue for those. But this is something that's one-stop shop for every missions group. All right. Very cool. It's uh, I'm looking at one. They've got a cupcake recipe in here. Oh, very cool. I like cupcakes too, along with pie. So, yeah, and, and the cool thing about this is you don't have to be doing CIA or Royal Ambassadors or GAs. You don't need to be doing that in your church to be able to use this. It has stuff that if you do have those programs right. in your church, you can add on to with Missions Journey, but you don't really have to have it to do it. I mean, you, you could just use this and with for regular missions education in your local church. That's right. It can apply across several different setups. Yeah. So very cool. All right. Uh, check that out if you're interested in that and a great new resource from the WMU. My resource of the week is a video that came this past week. Tuesday night, I was a part of helping put this thing on. It's a women in work Courtney yes. Moore, our friend, Courtney Moore, Courtney Powell, That's right. Amy, full disclosure, Amy serves on the board. Uh, but That's right, they, I do. Big, big supporter of that. And yes. uh, th- this was a great event you're talking about. Yes, they had J.D. Greer on and had him on to talk about uh, the women's role in Christianity and the church and the home, those kind of things, and just a really good, solid theological discussion as well as practical. So very, very helpful discussion. I know that's a big discussion going on around the convention right now anyway, uh, but it was very good charitable discussion. And uh, the Courtney Squared, I mean, they're great. I I love those two ladies. They're fantastic, and they do a great job leading women in work. And if if you're interested in any way of, you know, seeing what they've got on, womenwork.net is the website, womenwork.net. It's women and work from uh, Courtney Moore, Courtney Powell. They kind of head that thing up. They got a book club or the read through books and discuss them, have the author's own. And that's what this was. So uh, a really neat time with JD Greer with uh, Courtney and Courtney. Absolutely. So 
do check that out. And uh, also, you know, check out that, that new item from the WMU, Missions Journey. So uh, that's going to do it for our podcast this week. Again, thanks to our sponsor, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Find out more about those guys over at swbts.edu. Got a lot going on on all our seminary campuses. We should be hitting that season of trustee meetings from the seminaries. So that's, that's coming right. up shortly. And uh, got some meetings going on, got some events and, uh, you know, TGC women's coming up, the regular TGC conference. I'll be at that one. We're going up there just to see kind of how things work in a conference scenario right now, just to, in preparation for the annual meeting. So if you're going to be in Indianapolis next month, let us know. We'd be glad to see you up there. But Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.